Tip number three, stocks to combat inflation. We're looking at stocks like energy stocks, like dollar stores. Those companies thrive in these environments because everything is spiking and people think, wow, how can I find some relief in this situation? That's where the stores that sell things at a low price point start to do really well. They do good during recessions, high inflationary environments. Welcome in to the Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your wealth and your career. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy. I am rolling solo today. I try to get with the guys, but you're only going to get me today because I took a trip last week, flew in, so I'm recording pretty much right before our release. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the inflationary environment. A lot of people want to know, where is it right now? What can we expect? And most importantly, what can you do? What can you do to improve your situation during this time when a lot of people are trying to think, all right, will I just wait for this to go? Is there anything I can do to take advantage of the current inflationary environment? I'm going to be giving you all those tips. By the end of it, you're going to feel like, ah, there is something that I can do during this environment. So before I get into it, make sure you subscribe to the show you can share us. That would be awesome. You can find us on all major podcast outlets. We're on Elevation Radio now as well. Appreciate that partnership. But yeah, please share the Free Retiree Show. We love all the support that we're getting. And if you have questions, make sure you send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. So let's get into it. I'm sure now everyone has heard of this nasty word, inflation. And I talked about this about a year and a half ago about the seriousness of inflation. Economy is doing great, but really inflation is one of the most dangerous things to an economy. And the reason is if inflation gets out of control, all the hard-earned money that you've worked to save up and invest, it becomes worthless. We've seen countries like this throughout history go from superpowers to next to nothing or third world countries because of inflation. So it is something very serious. Good news is a lot of other countries are experiencing this. And when you look at, for the US, most of our listeners are from the US, there's really not many better options out there at this point in time. And a lot of this inflation was brought about by COVID. A lot of economies, countries had to print money to keep things going. So the US wasn't the only one, many other countries did as well. And we're all in the same boat right now. If you're someone that's in the US, you're the best option in town. So that's got to give you some relief. But at the same time, inflation is something that yeah, have to figure out what are you going to do to combat this? What can you do? So I'm going to get into all that. But before we get into all that, let's give a rundown of what's going on right now. So the current state of inflation is right around 3.2%. And that is the number that ended in July. But it's misleading because core CPI, that's inflation that excludes the more volatile sectors, such as like food and energy, is still around 4.7. So I touched on this a couple months back. If you listen to the Democrats, they're going to tell you, oh, inflation's under control. It's only right around 3.2. It's getting better, but that's not the whole story. Really, that core CPI, which is actually the big indicator of how the Fed moves with their monetary policy... That's at 4.7. That tells more of the story and what is really going on. Don't listen to all the politicians that just say, oh, it's only a 3.2. It's so low. We're only, we only got to get to two. We're still further away than everyone is making it out to be. 
And some on the right are saying that inflation is super high and it's not going anywhere. I would tell you that's not true as well. Inflation, they are making great progress in, and it is coming down quite a bit. We look at the summer before, we were looking at inflation at 9.2. So we have come a long ways, but we still have quite a ways to go. One of the reasons why we're getting a lot of questions about why has inflation been so sticky? Why is it so hard to get rid of? And there's a couple of reasons for this. One thing that I did some research on past events like this, when there was high inflation in the 70s and 80s, we saw that the Fed used monetary policy to fix the issue and they had some great success, but things were different. We had more of a manufacturing economy. Now we're more towards services and that is playing a big part in why it's so hard to get this inflation to go away. So times are different. Also, as I've said before, and I said this about a year and a half ago, when the rate hikes started, don't expect it to be instant because monetary policy takes around a year and a half to take hold on average. So we are right there. So what do I expect? I expect even though people are saying, and I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm just going based off history and things that mirror this in the past, and just what I know about monetary policy. Year and a half is about when it takes hold. So that would mean this fall timeframe, we should see inflation start to drop maybe more at a significant rate than it has. Generally, inflation runs a little bit hot during the summer. I'm sure people or yourself who have taken trips spent a little bit more money, and that's not helping the problem. But since August is almost over, you're going to get people going back to school. The summer trips are not going to be as big a thing. You got all these monetary policy changes that have taken place about a year and a half ago. And all that is setting the stage for a pretty good fall uh, and winter in regards to inflation. So hopefully that continues. Who knows? Like I said, I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody does. Nobody. These are. This is just what I'm saying that there's a strong likelihood of it happening. But We'll see. Let's go on to the tips to beat inflation, all right? So today, I'm going to give you eight great tips that is going to help you take advantage of this inflationary environment and survive this inflationary environment. So let's start with tip number one. Now, this tip, maybe it's too late, but it's good to know for the future because a time like this will happen again when we are fighting inflation. One of the best things you can do the 30-year fixed mortgage. A lot of people refinanced over the last few years, and they locked in really low rates. Not enough people talk about the value of the 30-year fixed mortgage, but it is a great way to fight an inflationary environment when you lock in those low rates. Maybe that's not your option, like most people right now, to lock in a super low rate, but there will become a time in the future where you can do this. So remember that. Generally, with all finances, it's you, there's little that you can do once the catastrophic event happens. It's all about how you plan before and the moves you make leading up to these events. So right now, going and trying to get a 30-year fixed mortgage is not going to help most. But remember that when rates go down, think of the value of locking it in. Not everyone decides to go with a fixed rate, but... If you're thinking, man, this inflationary environment is scary and I don't want to experience anything like this in my future, go ahead and try to get a really low 30-year fixed mortgage rate. That'll help you and behoove you in your financial future. 
Tip number two, investment real estate. Investment real estate, as I've said on this podcast, is a great way to build wealth. It's one of the one ways that I've seen time and time again work for clients that are trying to achieve financial freedom. Reason being is, yes, people are talking bad about, oh, real estate, not the time to get in, rates are so high. I get that. Remember, rates will come down and these high rates are just temporary. But when you are in doing investment real estate, you get the value of cash flow and other people's money working for you. So there's, you can make a stronger argument for that versus buying a primary residence at this point in time. But if you can make your cash flow work, you can be cash flow positive with your real estate strategies. That's a great way to fight inflation. When you think about rents, yes, there's been a lot of times throughout history where real estate values have dropped, but rents rarely drop. And if they do, it's ever so slightly. So people that invest in real estate as investment real estate, not primary properties, they have a little bit more of an advantage because yes, their property values may drop and it's rare when they do, but they have periods where they do go down. The rents generally stay pretty stable. So think about that. If you are in a position where you can buy investment in real estate, don't rule it out. Just run the numbers and make sure it works. I wouldn't do an investment real estate deal where you were in the negative every month, but if you have a good investment strategy in place where you can come out cash flow positive, it's probably going to be worth it, but you have to run the numbers. Tip number three, stocks to combat inflation. We're looking at stocks like energy stocks, like dollar stores. Those companies thrive in these environments because everything is spiking and people think, wow, how can I find some relief in this situation? That's where the stores that sell things at a low price point start to do really well. They do good during recessions, high inflationary environments, and then energy. Obviously, when you're going to the fuel pump or you're getting your PG&E bill or your energy bill, wherever you live, those are going to be rather high. And those are the companies that are taking advantage during the situation. So a good example is look at Chevron. Last two years, Chevron is up 65% while lot most of the companies have not done that well. But since they're in that sector and they're taking advantage of this inflationary environment for their shareholders, they're going to do quite well during this specific point in time. But remember, don't be thinking, oh, I'm going to just throw my money in there now because that ship has probably sailed and the true value of that strategy moving forward is questionable. Tip number four, buying stocks for the future. Maybe during this time, there's stocks that are on sale and you can get at a massive discount. They're not going to help you right now, but they will help you three, four, five years out from now. And you're going to be grateful that you bought them. Some of these areas are healthcare, technology, two areas that I love and I think are great places for investors to be. But right now they've gone through the ringer over the last couple of years because of inflation. And that has caused debt prices, the rate on debt to go up. And that's why they are suffering more because a lot of those companies in those sectors rely on debt to run their business and debt is more expensive now. So you can... Get, find a lot of deals in this space. If you look at these companies, just make sure you're looking at important metrics such as their revenue, cash flow. Look at the stability of the business before you decide to invest in any of these. But these are some things to consider. Tip number five, tips 
what we call treasury inflation protected securities. Now, a lot of people online and financial gurus have been saying, oh, you just use tips because these are securities that will go up as inflation goes up and problem solve. It's not that simple. People try to make it out to be like this really easy answer, but it's really not. And you got to have the right strategy when you use it. We have this massive run of inflation over the last couple of years. And if I look at what tips have done, for example, iShares, tips, bond, ETF, from August 2021 to now, it's down 19%. So that doesn't sound like a fail-safe or foolproof, whatever you would call it, solution. There's definitely some flaws in that strategy. But the benefit is that it's giving a 4.28% yield. So that's money that's regularly coming in to the people that hold these. But... Keep in mind, you got to have a long-term approach, even with your fixed income, because it's down right now. And going back to some of the issues that we're currently facing, the banks, regional banks are going under. And it's not because they did anything that was crazy or, or uh, irresponsible like 2008. That was a different situation. These banks are investing in bonds that are considered safe, that all of a sudden for the last year and a half have tanked because of the inflationary environment. And people are drawing their money out and they're having to sell their investments. And that's what's causing a lot of the turmoil in the banking sector. So tips can be a good solution for people that just want to hold some money, get some return. There is some volatility with that strategy as well. So don't think that it's foolproof. Tip number six, if there's anything that's solid in this environment and good, it's the CD environment. CDs are giving a good rate of return. You can find CDs north of 4% now, some at close to 5 Depends on who you look for or what you're looking for in the bank that you go to. But this is one of the advantage of the current environment. Now, don't get into the thought process that, oh, CD is going to answer all my problems and this is the only way I'm going to invest. That is going to hurt you. But if you got to park some cash and you don't know what you're going to do with it, this is a good solution, right? If you're going to buy a property or you need to make a purchase on an automobile and you're going to use that money in the near-term future in the next year or two, a CDs could be a great solution. You can ladder them, put them over three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. So you have money that's maturing incrementally and at a regular rate. So you don't have to lock it all up. But generally with most CDs, the surrenders, the penalties are reasonable, but it's a good solution for your cash. Tip number seven, negotiate earnings. Now, this is one that I feel a lot of people aren't really looking at. You've worked for a company through the pandemic. Uh, you've, maybe you've been there for three, four, five, who knows? Maybe you've been there for a decade. Have they been giving you consistent raises? And what have they done recently over the last couple of years? Inflation has been skyrocketing. And maybe they're saying, ah, oh, we're not doing that well. But that doesn't mean that you should suffer. Your company should at least make your salary go up with inflation at the bare minimum. So go to your employer, go to your HR and go to the negotiating table in a respectful way and see what they can do. Companies in general don't want to offer these things because it reduces their profitability. So they try not to have these conversations. But if you have not gotten a raise recently, go out there and try to make that happen. Get the conversation started. My buddy Sergio is not on today, but he, I know he would totally be advocating for this. Yeah, they owe you. I can see Sergio now. But it's super important that you're consistently getting pay increases with whoever you're working for. 
but especially in an environment where we have high inflation. That's almost like it's disrespectful, I think, to the employee if they don't get it in this sort of environment, because whatever they promised you three years ago, that deal is very different now because of inflation. And you deserve to have that changed. Granted, some companies aren't in that position. They might be bleeding because of what's happened in the economy over the last year and a half. I know a lot of companies in the Silicon Valley, especially areas where there's a lot of technology have not been doing so well. So be mindful of that, but do everything that you can to get that conversation going because things will probably improve. And then when they do, you'll be top of mind. Tip number eight, reduce bad debt. This is your credit cards, your car debt. These debts do not serve you at all. And in past podcasts, we've talked about the difference between good debt and bad debt. And the problem is in society, we like to lump it all together because debt is a bad word. And that's just not true. But there is such thing as bad debt. And right now is a time where you do not want to take on bad debt, extra car loan, credit card. That is a detrimental decision that you need to not jump on board with at this point in time because your credit card rates will go up. Your auto loans will go up and they're at a high rate right now already. So try not to take that on if you do not have to. It should only be emergency situations for putting money on a credit card where you have no other solutions. Do not turn to that as the alternative in regular situations. That is my eight tips. Hopefully that is helpful. I will touch on a couple of things that I'm opposed to. One of those things is precious metals. If you've listened to our podcast for the last couple of years, I have said boldly to a lot of our listeners' disagreement and other opinions that precious metals is not a good place to invest. And I get people that email me, tell me like, oh, Robert Kiyosaki invests in precious metals. This person invests in precious metals. You know what? I know what precious metals have done over the last 70 years, and it ain't anything to write home about. They are a subpar investment through the long term, and I don't believe in them. They do not make you money like a company does. You just hope that you can trade them for a little bit more than you bought it for. So that to me is not a good investment. And right now, if we look at the stats, this should be the time period where your precious metals are kicking butt because we have this high inflation environment. Five plus years ago, people would tell me, whoa, when inflation gets crazy, my gold is going to be worth so much money. And my silver is going to be worth so much money. My copper is going to be worth so much money. And that just hasn't planned out. And to prove it, if I look at the gold index right now, you can look at it under GLD over the last two years. So starting August two years ago, it's up 4.31%. That is not that great, especially in, a, in an environment like this when it should be kicking butt right now, according to the logic that everyone throws around about why gold and silver are so valuable. 4.31%. August, if we go back to August 2011, in gold, you're down 1%. So if you invested in gold in August of 2011, you were down roughly 1%. That is not a good investment. Silver, look at silver. There's a lot of people that I think Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they tell, oh, I'm buying all this you know, silver and it's made me so much money. The data shows us that over two years, it's down 1.9%. And from August 2011, down 54%. So those are your magic metals. Like I said, don't get caught into the online ads or online financial gurus that are touting gold and silver and precious metals as good investments. The data is not there. They have periods where they do well. But to be a good investor, 
you can't rely on these windows of timing the market because no one can do it. No one can time the market. And that's why the strategy just never makes sense to me. Now, can you buy a precious metal and get lucky for a period of time? Yeah, but I don't think that's investing. That's more teetering on gambling behaviors to each their own. But like I said, two years ago, three years ago, however long this podcast has been running, not a fan. And I think right now this kind of proves my points. Don't subscribe to the herd or the online people selling this stuff because there's also a market out there for people that are in this space. Middlemen in these precious metal industries can make a lot of money. So that I think is an ulterior motive in this space. But really, if you look at the pure data, it is not a good investment. And whoever tells you it is, you have to ask them, how are you defining good investment? Are you looking at a six-month time period, a one-year time period? Then maybe. But besides that, I really can't justify it as being a good investment. So hopefully you learned something from this podcast. Remember that if you're in a situation that's not so good, this will pass. But don't just stand there and wait around. Try to make some moves right now. Because if you do, and you look for the opportunities that are out there, in a few years from now, a couple years from now, you're going to be really happy that you made your decision. So don't just stand there like a deer in the headlights. I hope this was an enjoyable podcast. Make sure you subscribe, share us, you can find us on all the major podcast outlets. And if you've got questions, make sure you send them to ask at thefreeretire.com. I'm your host, Lee Murphy, signing off. So long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The free retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career advisor Sergio Patterson, attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors, or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb, Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.